welcome to Personalized Learning with Matt and Courtney. My name is Matt. And I'm Courtney. And we talk about the do-dos and don't-dos of personalized learning. Yep. And today, uh, we're going to talk about engagement. Yeah, I, I, it's been on my mind lately, um, talking about, air quote, engagement strategies. And um, as I'm thinking about this and kind of talking about it with, with different people, teachers, administrators, and whatnot, um, there, it, that's a really broad term. <laughs> engagement we want to work on you know learner engagement or student student engagement and what i have found is that when you when you're talking about student engagement you're probably talking about one of two things one is um motivation right getting learners interested and wanting to engage in learning Okay. That's one kind of engagement. That's huge. That's a very big kind of engagement. The other kind of engagement is participation, getting as many learners as possible to participate. And that one is a little smaller. And I guess by big and small, what I mean is like there are some very specific, and there are actually some, there are a lot of specific instructional strategies that you can use to increase learner engagement, meaning the number of learners participating. Um, but thinking about tackling learner motivation and getting them to want to engage in learning is much bigger work. I think that's the bigger question, right? I'm thinking, as you say that, I'm, is participation even, should it be part of engagement at all? Oh, <laughs> you know, well, cause I, I think, you're, I think you're right. Is that, is that you can, you can make people do stuff. You can, you know, everybody has to do an exit slip or everybody has to raise their hand at least twice. And that doesn't seem like engaging to me. That's just seems like a little more potentially a little bit more like just compliance. Yeah. Well, good point, Matt. That's what I'm All here right, for. So I'll talk to you next week, Matt. Today. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, let's talk about the bigger one because no, I no, you're right. You're absolutely right. Um, yeah, it's although I, I kind of feel like that there are some. I, I think I hmm, I think I feel like even if you're worried more about the big picture engagement, like motivation, I think it is worthwhile to also think about the participation kind of engagement. Because in some ways that drives the other kind of engagement. So here's like what I'm thinking about. Okay. Like, so if, let's say we're in a classroom where a teacher likes to ask questions, but then they, A, only ever call on the kids who raise their hands um, or, or B, don't give enough wait time and end up just giving the answer, right? The learners have kind of been trained in a way not to engage, not because there's no motivation to engage. In one situation, they know that 
the person who always has, quote unquote, always has the answer is going to get called on and they can just wait to hear it. And in the other situation, they know that the teacher is just going to give it to them anyway. So why bother even being an active participant, right? So I guess when, I, when I'm talking about participation as engagement, I'm talking about like active learning, getting learners actively participating in the lesson. Okay, that, that makes a lot more Does sense. That make sense. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. And how they go together, uh, that, that makes total sense. I think you're 100% right when you talk about motivation being the much more difficult one. So I'd, I'd like yeah. to hear what you have to say about that one more. And I, I think the participation part will come in with what you're talking about from there. Okay, well, I think um, <laughs> to state the obvious for our listeners, uh, I think that the surefire way to increase motivation is to offer choice and voice, which is a basic philosophical tenet of personalized learning. What do you think, Matt? Uh, I think you're right. But, but how about we, how would we explain quickly what voice and choice can look like in like under 30 seconds for our new listeners? All right, ready? Go. <laughs> Give them some say in what they're learning and how they're learning it and how they show you they've known it. That, that's my under 30 seconds explanation. That was a good, that was a good six seconds there. So uh, Courtney is so efficient that she can put an elevator speech into like a two-step speech. <laughs> you know, Matt, how, how many years have we been talking about this? Not to like, not to get on a snarky rant, but you know, like how many listeners raise your hands? How many of you knew that that was gonna be the answer, right? <laughs> very true. That is very true. Now turn to the person sitting next to you and explain to them why you thought that that would be what Matt and I would say. See, now I've just <laughs> opened some participation strategies on y'all. <laughs> <laughs> it is, it, you, you said that this is a basic tenet and I think it is, uh, but it's always nice to go back and say that th this is what we mean, right? This is what we mean by some of these things that are, Sometimes yes. you, I don't have time for voice and choice. That, that's one of the things I always get. And I would argue- well, No, you, no, you, no, stop. I wasn't even done there yet, but go ahead. <laughs> Jeez. Well, like this is a, a colleague of mine, um, a colleague of yours too, a common colleague said this once and I, I really appreciate it. And I feel like anytime anyone says, I don't have the time, it's, um, it, it is, important that someone step in and say something about it and that no that's not actually what you're saying what you're actually saying is you aren't prioritizing yep yep it is not a priority for you to offer voice and choice that's a totally different conversation yep. um no one has enough time for anything <laughs> <laughs> wow <laughs> all true though right? that is that is absolutely right yeah okay so sorry just to just to to put, put a little pin on that point, but continue. Oh, there was more? I don't oh, know. No, that's you right, said. that's right, you interrupted me, that's right. Yeah, I would, I would say the same thing. It's like you, uh, for the people who say that they don't have time to do voice and choice, uh, you're right, it, it is uh, their choice that they don't want, they just don't want to do it, but you're, you make your life so much easier that mm -hmm. you, you really can't do teaching well without giving voice and choice anymore. 
So if you're not, you're not maximizing your potential as a teacher, uh, yeah. just, just from those, just from the kids, because once they have any type of choice and I was a high school teacher, so, you know, we could always like teach the kids how to make good choices right off the bat uh, and take time and how that works. But you can do this in a kindergarten class, whether it's, you oh, know, man, yeah. do you want to play with the thing on the left or the thing on the right? Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, as easy as that, and suddenly they're making a choice. So they're motivated to say, oh, I like the, I like the one on the left a little bit more. So I will do that. And nothing more complex than that works fine. Right. Right. And so it can be, so if you need something a little bit more, um, I, I, you just were the complex, but if you need something based in a different developmental level, let's say. So let's talk about um, in like an upper elementary classroom, you can give the choice between, do you want to watch this video or this video? Either one is fine, right? Either one will get you the learning I need. Would you like to watch this video or read this text? Either one is fine. Would you like to read the text first and then watch the movie, the video, or would you like to watch the video first and then read the text? You need to do both, but it doesn't matter to me the order you do them in. Those are all simple choices, right? Where you as the teacher still have control over the content. I think some people get really worried about giving up control over content with choice and you don't have to. I think it's uh, people have trouble with giving up control, period. But, you're, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. but you're, you're absolutely right that nothing you've said there prevents a teacher from identifying the content that they want the kids to do, uh, to learn. And mm-hmm. all they're doing is maybe, uh, maybe gathering more materials, uh, in this case, two materials, instead of a video, they have a video and a book, or instead of a book, right. they have a book and a video. And if you're doing a book and a video anyway, don't tell them the order. As you just said, I thought that that one was brilliant. It's like, well, you're going to do them anyway, but I don't care how you do it. Now the kids are making a choice. They're doing what you want them to do as a teacher in order for them to learn something. Right. And that took zero effort. Right. Right. I love it. Yeah. And then you can get super, like we can explode out and, you know, talk about, um, like mega choice, you know, like, so you, you're introducing a thematic topic, say, like, um, I once saw a project, it was, the whole thing was about um, uh, revolution, right? Okay, that's huge. Have the learners think about all the different types of revolutions there are, and maybe come up with different categories. So maybe someone's And then maybe learners choose, are you interested in political revolutions? Are you interested in technological revolutions, right? Are there other categories of revolutions? I didn't, cultural revolutions. Are you interested in cultural revolutions? And then the learners first to choose that, right? Their category of revolution. And then they choose a specific revolution they're interested in researching and, you know, learning about and doing something with. Flip it to the other end. choice in how they present their learning. Maybe everything about the learning experience was completely controlled about you, except this very controlled by you as the teacher, except the output, right? The very last when they show you what they've learned. That's a great place to start. So, you know, you want them to summarize a book. Okay. 
how do they do it? Maybe some kids write a book review. Maybe some kids make like a, you know, um, a reading rainbow style book talk, right? Video. Maybe some other kids make a podcast about books where they just review books and summarize books. Like, I don't know. It's, it's, and it's the possibilities are endless. It's only bound by what you and your learners can come up with. Okay. That's where I want to like riff off a little bit there when you just said the possibilities yeah. are endless. And yeah. I think that part is why some teachers don't want to do this because they're afraid there's way too many choices. Well, right? you get to decide how many choices. Well, I, I think I think the way you started this discussion makes a lot of sense for, for the people who are just beginning with this, that you can give a choice yeah. between A and B, yeah. or you can say, you've got to do A and B, but I don't care if you do it BA or AB, right? Right. So if you if you start slow, you don't have to open it up immediately to oh, the no. endless possibilities because I think that's where people go to in their heads is like, well, I'm not going to turn over all of that control to my kids about how they output this and what are all I have to come up with 25 different resources for them to make them all be able to choose what they want to do that seems like way too much work. And that's because it is. And, it is. <laughs> okay. And that's not what we're saying. No, so, and that would be incredibly overwhelming to the learners too. Oh unless, my God, yes. Uh, unless they were, unless they have been eased in and taught how to make choices, right? Like, Well, I'm thinking of, of this, like when I go buy a car, which, you know, for me now, my choice is easy. I yeah. buy the same car every single time. I buy a nice <laughs> Toyota Corolla and that's all I want. I've had the same car for 20 years, just different versions of it. But if I'm on a lot and I see like 15 different cars and stuff uh -huh. and they're all different, I tend to get like super nervous. And it's like, yeah. how the hell am I supposed to choose between all of these different models? It's obviously I don't research any of this stuff because I, I'd need a car because my current car is on the side of the road somewhere. So... <laughs> I'm like, it's, it's too much. So I just want to, I just want my choice to be easy. What do I get? That's, right. that's that here's two cars that would work for me. I can choose between two cars. I can maybe choose between three cars. Right. I can't choose between 15 because yeah, it's unlimited choice, which I hate. It's like, oh, that's my other aside right here. Uh, remember what buffets used to be like when, when buffets were open and you go to like a, like a Chinese restaurant or like, yeah. uh, and you get all of yeah. these different choices you can go get. I ended yeah. up always like either getting everything, which made my plate way too heavy, yeah. or I picked like three things of like rice uh, because it's like way too much. So I'm like, I'm gonna get rice and chicken because that's what I always get. And like, I don't choose at all. I just get the same thing. And yeah. you get overwhelmed. Yeah. You get it overwhelmed. Right. Yeah. Don't, don't make learner choice a super buffet. <laughs> I think we've just titled the episode. <laughs> yeah, totally. And that's, that's, you can do that very same thing with like, just as you might do it as we were talking about, you know, giving, giving choice between um, input resources like text versus reading or choice in order of interacting with both. Mm -hmm. You can give, two choices for potential, um, you know, projects or um, evidence of evidences of learning, like give mm -hmm. two choices, give three choices. That's fine. You don't, it doesn't ever have to be 
wide open. Um, and you can always, you know how like surveys or, and things always have like the other box. You can always have the other box. Mm-hmm. And if there's a learner who's like, I want to do something different, then great. Personalize again, personalize away, sit down with them and talk about what it is they, they need to be able to show you and what they think, how they think they might want to do it. I think that is the best point right there is that if you have that other option for kids, once one of them figures that out, yeah. you know that they're learning and then they're engaged at that point because they're really thinking about what they want to do yes. to either uh, research and, and use resources or show you what they've learned. They're actually thinking about that. So you know you've got them at that point. And I, I right? don't, I, I yeah. don't like we said before, I don't think you need to lead with all of that stuff because it's overwhelming, but right. ease your way into it. And I bet the kids go a lot faster than most of the adults, which is mm-hmm. usual, of course. Yeah, that's um, usually how it goes. Yeah, they always figure it out beforehand. But I think that's a great point there is that having that other box is going to make that one kid think about that, which right. is, and once that's out there, then another kid's going to say, hey, I, I could do that too. And suddenly right. you've, you've got all of them. That's a yes. great way to lead into, uh, well, what were you talking about? Oh, yeah, engagement. That's right too. So much for 30 seconds, right? <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, sure. Engagement. That's right. Yeah. We've, t- we've titled the episode something else now. So let's say it's a super buffet. So it's okay. <laughs> the super buffet of engagement. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, yeah. So that's, that's kind of just what's been on my mind that I, I really think I'd like, sorry to be glib if people thought I was being a little snarky and glib about, you know, my, my, my answer to the big picture of engagement. But uh, yeah, I think it comes down to right learner agency. When they have ownership and agency, they're more motivated to learn. Yeah. And we do that by giving them opportunities for choice and voice and, um, and, and, also, just as importantly, and by by being um, being a good person, and working to have respectful relationships with learners. I think that's a very fair point to end on, uh, especially during these times. But uh, that is something. All of those things are things that that we can start uh, today or tomorrow in our in our classrooms, whether they're yes. remote or in person. We can start those immediately. And in our advice, I would say is. You can start slow. It's fine. Choice between A and B is totally fine. Yeah, it's better to start slow. Yeah, because it won't work otherwise. So, yeah, let's <laughs> let's just take that one from experience by somebody on this podcast named Matt. So <laughs> Oh. I think that's I think that's a great way to talk about engagement, uh, which gets us back to motivation and participation because we've hit all those things just from a little thing called voice and choice. And of course, right. the super buffet. Okay, now everybody on your way out, um, head over to the parking lot and jot down some questions you still have for us. We'll talk next time. It doesn't matter where we're